Welcome back to Brailcast Extra. Coming up this time, it's the second part of our series on reading with refreshable Braille. It was recorded on Tuesday, the 23rd of November 2021 and introduced by Dave Williams. Good evening and a very warm welcome back to the Brailleist Foundation Masterclass. I'm Dave Williams, Chair of the Brailleist Foundation, and it gives me great pleasure this evening to introduce our guest and speaker for the evening, Mr. Sean Randall. Good evening, Sean. Good evening, Dave. Two weeks ago, we had the specialist stuff, um, and it was a slightly drier session than I planned. It was a bit wordy and not very reedy, if, if that's a thing. Um, but I think it was important to cover the uh, the market, really. Tonight, we are going to be talking about mainstream. Uh, so specialist versus mainstream, of course, being that the libraries we discussed last time um, are only for us as blind, visually impaired, partially sighted people. Uh, or, I suppose, more broadly speaking, many of them are open to people with reading difficulties. So some of them are open to those of us with, for example, dyslexia. Uh, as an example. Um, as a rule, the the mainstream providers tend to be more expensive. Uh, ebooks are a, a thriving business. Uh, they sell very well and they've seen a rise in, in lockdown. People have been reading more because they've been at home more, I suppose. Um, interestingly, they haven't necessarily been buying more physical books. They've been buying as many um, you know electronic books as as, as anything else. Um, Ebooks do not account for a vast majority of reading in the sighted world. Um, for all that Kindles have a great claim to fame of being a paper-like experience, they aren't yet there. Whether it's the smell of a book or the feel of it in your hand, or just that you can put them on the shelf and show people, I don't know, there must be an appeal to the print book. Um, and I think that's we're a bit uh, cast adrift from that with the Braille volume. Um, I don't think a, a series of of print books uh, with neat jackets and covers on a shelf. It's anyway similar to um, a, a lorry full of braille volumes um, with very plain and samey covers. They're very different things, aren't they? So I think something is lost in translation um, from print to braille covers. Um, and yet the sighted world still values their print books immensely. Um, audiobooks have also made a brilliant leap. Um, when I started with ebooks, I would find that perhaps only maybe a fifth of the books that I was reading were available in audio. And now, whenever I almost whenever I buy a Kindle book, I am offered the ability to add the audio to my purchase um, and um, listen to it along as, as well as reading it. And I know that the specialist libraries do a really good job of keeping up with those as well. But I think for me, the ability to switch between listening and reading is is marvellous. And I mentioned last time about how I used to scan books into my computer. Um, that barrier that was put in place because books were only available on paper is is literally just gone. It's just vanished overnight like a, like a popped soap bubble. Um, and I relish every new release that lands on my Kindle um, with, with great delight. And I find myself, you know, taking great pleasure in the fact that I can have access to that book in the same way as a sighted person. And before I, I go into the specifics of different shops and everything, I want to make a brief point, um, which is something I share with, with people quite often. So you might have heard it before. Um, I like very much how when we read ebooks from a mainstream source, we are sharing that source with the mainstream. So yes, I'm reading the book by the virtue of pins beneath my fingers or synthetic speech 
pumped into my ears. Whereas you may be reading the book or someone cited, I suppose, in, in this case, will be reading the book with their eyes, you know. But the thing that is being turned into that form of reading, be it sight or sound or touch, is the same thing. We are using a common source. We are sharing the same book. We haven't had to have a version processed for us. It's not a version made especially for the visually impaired. I don't want to denigrate libraries uh, for, the, for the VI, which do a fantastic job. Um, but I just can't help but think that wouldn't it be good if the whole world was like that, you know, if we always access the same thing where, where possible. Um, we have the technology to turn an ebook into Braille or synthesized audio or print, and it's the same book just brought through a different channel. And I think that's, that's pretty precious. So the format of tonight's session uh, is pretty much going to be um, split into two parts. And the first part is the elephant in the room, because it's the biggest, it's Kindle, Amazon's Kindle. Uh, and we'll talk about that briefly. I'm going to do, play you a little brief demo of one of the Kindle apps and talk a bit more about it. We'll pause for questions about that because it's the biggest. And then we'll move on to uh, everything else because Kindle is really dominant in the market. Uh, Kindle has, depending on who you ask, between six and eight million books uh, available. Um, obviously, Amazon is an American company first and foremost, but their UK uh, Kindle offering is not by any means uh, cheap or tawdry. There are, there are lots of books on Kindle. Kindle apps exist across multiple varied platforms, uh, including Windows, iOS, uh, Android as well, though they've got their own uh, version of Android, of course. The Amazon Fire tablets are based on Android. Uh, and the tablet, the Kindle devices, I should say, not tablets, the Kindle devices themselves, uh, called e-ink Kindles, um, and they're called that to differentiate them from the LCD screens that the tablets have, um, are all proprietary. But it doesn't matter what you're using, you can get Kindle working on lots of different devices. Um, and the... The thing about Kindle really that, that sells it for me is that they have almost everything, not everything by a long shot, but certainly in terms of popular fiction, um, they're right up there. Um, things tend to go there first. You can get, you can pre-order a book months in some cases in advance and have that certainty that it's going to land in your inbox or on your Kindle on the day it's supposed to. Um, I have had occasional refunds and they've said, sorry, we've pushed it back a week. Uh, and yet, conversely, I've had it where it's come a couple of days early and I've had a little bonus. So there is that. Um, it's very easy to press buy on something digital, isn't it? We've all seen it with music and movies, I'm sure. Uh, books are no exception. It's very easy to just to, to buy books uh, and to uh, just just lose yourself in that. And we are, we are very lucky, uh, I suppose, now in that the apps are all very accessible. I say all. Um, I'm a bit limited in what hardware I've got access to. Um, but I can attest that Kindle on its own set of tablets is perfectly accessible with speech and Braille. Kindle on iOS is perfectly accessible with speech and Braille. And Kindle on Windows is perfectly accessible with a screen reader. Uh, and of course, that then means if you're using speech or Braille, you've got those uh, options as well. Um, this is uh, unusual, I suppose. There was a time when everything in Kindle, for example, all the menus, um, were fine, but the reading area was hopelessly useless for blind people. Uh, and uh, you can only imagine the frustration, I'm sure, of that when you can open up a book and you can browse the library and click what you want to read, uh, but you can't actually read it. Um, that was disappointing in the extreme. Um, but we are now at a stage where any of those apps works 
for us. There are limitations, and we'll talk about those briefly in a moment. Um, I'm just going to play you a brief uh, clip of of me using Kindle on the on the iPhone, um, and I'll tell you I discovered something quite interesting, uh, which used to bother me but has been fixed. So I'm going to play play out a clip to you, and you'll be able to hear uh, how that sounds in a minute. In this recording, I want to show you the Kindle app on the iPhone. It works very similarly on the iPad, of course, because the operating systems are quite similar. Uh, I'm using a Braille display as well. I've got my Braille Note using uh, connected as a Braille display, which gives me 32 cells. So let's just turn the speech back on with voiceover here. Speech on. And we'll tell Siri to open the Kindle app. Kindle notification. He read it three times, slower with each repetition. He didn't doubt her for a second. She was probably doing fine. So it's opened me up a book, um, which is what I was last reading. Even though I'd closed the app completely, um, it it kept my place from that book. Uh, and I am able to see in Braille the start of the page, which says he read it three times, um, which is what the voiceover started to read. One of my favorite Kindle features is the synchronization between the ebook and the audiobook. Um, this current book happens to be narrated by a superbly talented reader. And if you buy the audio companion version of a book, you can get it to play and follow. So if we just do a double tap here to bring up the menu. Book actions, thank you. Close the book. Uh, and if we go toward the bottom, play there's a play button here, which is the audiobook. Having all those other cadets to measure herself against was all the motivation she needed. So again, I can do a two-finger double tap, a magic tap to play and pause that. But if I close this, exit that now. Let's go to a new page. It's probably not a shock that I don't have much time to write. If I'm not in a class, I'm outside marching. So that's the start of that page. And if I resume the playback here. It's probably not a shock that I don't have much time to write. If I'm not in a class, I'm outside marching. And if I turn the page. He read it three times. Three times. Slower with each repetition. Again, the one message. dozens. So the audio follows the book on screen. Visually, there is a highlight as the voice speaks. I believe each sentence. Um, the braille display doesn't follow the sentences, um, but it will turn with the pages. So you can listen with voiceover. You can listen with the audiobook. You can read with braille. Um, and it is so magical to have the Braille here as well, I must say. The long-standing bug, which really annoyed me, has been fixed. So if I am at the top of the page, this page starts with the word, uh, the words, the one message. Well, if I, and I scroll back here, I'm now on the previous page. And what I'm expecting to see, of course, on my Braille display, is not that top of the page that you've just heard there. I'm expecting to see the bottom of the page. I've scrolled back from the top of the page we just came from. I should be seeing the bottom of this page. VoiceOver starts reading from the top and the audiobook would start reading from the top as well. It's a new control, but my brother's place says she'd only sent, and if I now go forward a page, she'd only sent the one message. So they fixed the bug where scrolling backward um, jumps you too far. When you go back from the top of a page, what you expect to land on in Braille is the bottom of the next page. And that is in fact now what you do land on. That is brilliant. One of the things I can't work out how to do on the Braille display at the moment is to bring up the menu um, because you need to do a double tap. And uh, for some reason that just doesn't seem to work on my Braille display for my 
routing keys, uh, if I press anything, it, it just doesn't work. So I do have to physically double tap the screen. From here, we've got an actions menu. This navigation drawer option lets us navigate to a different part of the book. Um, Kindle books are well structured. They have a good table of contents. So if you wanted to go to, say, uh, a particular chapter, um, one of the other chapters is called the test, for example. I just double tap on that. And then... I can flick through chapter one, the test, and that's print page 12. Print page 38. So this book has real page numbers, which I, I can't really imagine how much use that would have been at school, actually. Let's go back to the test. And again, if I just double tap that. So again, we're on uh, on that page. Uh, I can see the title heading in Braille. Um, it's got one in all caps, the test with initial caps, and then Tanner's desperate. And I can see that, and I can do a two-finger double tap, um, or a space WH. One, the test. And the audiobook picks up. Tanner's desperate run ended outside North Star's district headquarters. Brilliantly, um, exactly in sync. The audio does really bring it to life. And I love the fact that I have Braille, that I can read the names, I can see how they're spelled. You know, I've got all that. Um, plus, I'm getting the performance. The uh, audio companion feature on Kindle is brilliant because the books are a lot cheaper than buying them individually as well. You get a great discount if you buy the companions along with your Kindle books. So this is the iPhone version. And um, reading in Braille is pretty seamless. There's not much flexibility. Um, you can't really customize the Braille you get. It's all based on iOS. Um, but my only irritation with this app before really was that um, scrolling back would break and they've now fixed that. So you can go back and it is seamless. And uh, even though you can't buy books on, on iPhone very easily, you have to go through Amazon's website and it's a bit uh, bit of a fiddle. If you have Kindle Unlimited, um, you can borrow books from the library. Uh, and if you have uh, the desire to, you can import other files into this app as well. So if you have an AZW file or a Mobi uh, ebook file from somewhere else, you can also import that into the into the app and it will sync your place. And the Braille reading experience is, is very, very nice. So there we go. That's iOS. Um, as you can probably tell, my favorite feature about that is the, is the audio sync. Um, it's lovely to have both. It really is. It's, it's, it's a dream, really. Um, I'll, I'm running out of time um, to focus on, on too much of Kindle. If you're going to be using Kindle to study, uh, iOS mightn't be the best platform. Uh, the, you saw flashcards very briefly in one of the menus. Flashcards let you highlight passages and make notes for them and things. It, there's quite a lot in there. It's not just about leisure reading. I think that is probably better done at a computer or with a keyboard. Kindle on Amazon Fire is a usable, a satisfactory experience. I wouldn't say it's, it's comparable to the iPhone in many ways. I think you did a class on, on the Fire and the Orbit a while ago, Ben, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I don't know about the consensus from that, um, but certainly what you're not paying for an iPad quality experience with a Fire tablet. Um, and it, it does feel that way. So I think the actual reading experience is very samey. I mean, it's the same content, but I do think the way in which you access the, the app, the way in which you navigate the operating system is very different. Uh, and 
you know you get what you pay for in that regard. I wouldn't say not not do it. Um, an orbit and, and a fire is a really economical and, and good way of getting into things, without a doubt. Uh, Kindle for PC is very good as well. Um, very accessible. The only qualm, really, um, for leisure reading for me, um, on, on all Kindle platforms, actually, is the slight pause at the end of every page. Um, if the page ends mid-sentence, you get a slight stutter in your screen reader as the page turns on iOS and Android um, and Fire. If you're on Windows, um, NVDA announces a new page number each time, and I haven't found a way of turning that off that's reliable and consistent between books, unfortunately. Um, it's a small annoyance in the grand scheme of things. Um, gosh, when I used to scan print books in, I used to get the author and title on the top and bottom of every page or, or you know, the author on one page and the book title on another page, and it was very irritating, not to mention all the OCR and scanning errors. So things are undeniably much better than they were um, before. Uh, but it's it's not like having professionally transcribed Braille. I won't, be, won't, won't deny that. Um, what I didn't show you in that recording, I did record it, but I had to cut it for time, is the find feature. Um, you can actually search for a word in the book, and it will give you uh, a number of results, depending on how many times the word you search for appears on Kindle, on iOS, and you can literally scroll through those results left to right, flick as you would any other item. It will give you page number, uh, and it will give you the sentence for context. So there is that um, if, if you need to search for a particular thing in the book. And as I mentioned in the recording, that bug about scrolling back was, was a big turn-off for me. And in fact, I would read on my fire with the Braille display just to avoid that bug so I could go back if I needed to. But that's been fixed on, on Kindle now, so for iOS, which is brilliant. Um, Amazon uh, Kindle Limited, it's, it's like Netflix, but for books, you get access to a library um, of, of free titles, which rotate, so some of them come and go. Um, you can have, I think, up to 10 borrowed out at any, any given time, um, and you can return them any time and swap for others. So that's worth knowing about. Uh, I think that's about £8 a month. I think it's £7.99. Um, there are almost always deals on, and this is a really good time of year, of course, with it being Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, to get yourself a, a Kindle Limited subscription. Uh, Wendy in the chat has just said she loves it, which is wonderful. Um, my, my colleague at work uh, also loves it, and he's forever telling me about books. Uh, that he gets on it for free, which I don't. So um, there's that. Uh, but that's Kindle. I mean, I could talk about Kindle a lot more. Um, but I think it's a good time for pause for some questions. After Kindle, we'll be coming to some of the other players in the ebook scene, as well as libraries. Um, I, I want to talk to you about libraries. So we'll do some questions on Kindle first, and then we'll move on, Ben, if that's all right. Thank you, Sean. We're going to come to someone who is on a Braille Edge 314 first. And uh, after Braille Edge, we are going to come to Jeff, uh, Jeff Bashton. So Braille Edge, you are good to go. Um, basically, um, I've been doing Kindle a totally different way, but I'm having real problems. Um, I have been using my um, Braille Sense Polaris, actually. Um, and what you do is you go to, I can't remember the name of the site, but you go to the site and you download kind of an older version um and you can use it but uh what i'm wanting to know really is um is there a way of deleting because it says it says i've got too many books i've got 10 books i'm on kindle unlimited as well how do i basically get rid of those books 
Oh, okay. So you've borrowed too many and you want to return one yeah. to get another one. Okay. So when you press the borrow button um, on a book, it will come up with a screen that says you need to return a book to continue. Um, and underneath the that information is a list of your books with each of them having a return. It's either a button or a link. I can't quite remember the specifics. Um, and you need to choose one to swap, basically, um, on that page. So obviously in a full desktop web browser, it might be a bit different on on. Yeah. on your Polaris. Would it, um, would it be better to do it with my iPhone then? Almost certainly. If, if you open up Safari and do it in the browser, you will find underneath the, you know, buy this book and continue option, there'll be a return this return this one to continue. So there'll be a list of all your current borrows and, and you can return that one to swap that for your newer one. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I just need to find the return button, basically. Yeah. Now they'll it'll it'll be somewhere so there'll be up to ten return options I suppose for each of the books you've already borrowed so you need yeah. to be careful about tapping the one that links up to the book you want to return so a bit of trial and error you know sometimes the return yeah. will appear before the book cover sometimes after so I see. but it will be on that page yes right thank you because I was thinking I'd have to go to a different site I was saying something on the internet about about going to a certain site that Amazon had created to do it all. Yeah, it's all part of the Kindle store. It's all part of the same website. Right. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. No, that's all Thanks right. for that. Hope that helps. And uh, is, is that Carol, if it I is. remember correctly? Yeah. Great, great. Thank, no problem. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Great question, Carol. And great to have you here. I'm going to come to Jeff Bashton next. And after Jeff, we're going to come to Rhonda. Uh, Jeff, you are good to go. Sean, um, I have to confess to being very new to using Kindle on the iPhone. <clears throat> and the book I borrowed didn't have an audio equivalent, so I could only buy it, I suppose, as a pseudo print book. Um, what I couldn't do, and it might be my lack of skill, I'm happy to acknowledge that, I couldn't A, read continuously, or B, use the contents effectively. Any observations? Ah, okay. So read continuously is this, it's the same gesture you'd use in iOS generally. A two-finger flick down will start reading from the top of the page. Uh, um, and when you've done that once, that will keep turning pages until you tell it to stop or the book finishes. Um, unless your phone locks or something. It, it does stop it locking in the normal circumstances. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have had students at work tell me, my phone stopped reading so, and I told it to read forever. And I say, why is that? And they say, because the battery died. So <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> in terms of navigating the table of contents, double tap with one finger anywhere on a page. Um, that will bring you up a menu. Mm -hmm. um, flick right there, and one of the options, there will be a navigation drawer in yeah. which if you double tap that is the book's table of contents and that will get you to the the contents list what you sometimes see in in not just kindle books but in all ebooks the book itself as a as a chapter within the book will have a contents list um and not all of those hyperlinks on that page are always all very accessible. So you want to get to the contents through the menu on the on the app rather than as part of the book's text. Does that make sense? Sometimes in Braille, you'd get a contents page, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah with other yeah. page so, no, numbers in. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's called something-something drawer, is it? Navigation drawer, yeah. Navigation that's what the iPhone drawer. calls it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks indeed. I shall Pleasure. try that out soon. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Definitely uh, let us know how you get on there and uh, hopefully... Uh, that will have uh, resolved your issue. I'm going to come to Rhonda next. And after Rhonda, we don't have any other hands. So I think maybe after Rhonda, if we go to uh, another section, then if anyone has any other Kindle questions, we can come back to them maybe a little bit later. Uh, Rhonda, you are now unmuted. Oh, great. Hi, Sean. Thank you for the presentations. I've learned from them. Um, Question I have, have you tried the Amazon Fire tablets with 
uh, a Braille display and the Kindle books? Yes, yes, I have. Um, and they do work. I don't think they work as smoothly as on, on the iPhone or the iPad, but they do work. Um, it's a bit, what's the word, a bit clunkier, I suppose, to navigate around the operating system. Um, I think you'll find if, if you're used to an iPhone and you've been flicking around the screen, you'll notice that the Fire tablets are a bit slower to respond, perhaps, and not quite so perceptive to your tapping and, and gestures. But for actually reading a book, um, having a Braille display scroll forward and back through the text, they, they are pretty reasonable. And for the price, I mean, it's a very good investment because they're so reasonably priced, aren't they? Um, so yes, it is certainly doable. I would say, have a look at Amazon. have got a lovely help page with all the Braille cords for Fire OS that they support. Um, they're a bit different to some others. So I, I, for example, I was using an Orbit reader and on my iPhone, I can use the, the arrow pad on the middle of my Orbit to move around. You can't do that on Fire OS. You've got to use space and dot one and space and dot four. Um, but when you learn those little quirks, it is a usable system. Yeah. May I ask a related question? Yeah, go for it. Um, have you had difficulty? I have an Orbit Reader 20 Plus, and for some reason, it loses the Bluetooth connection with the Fire tablet. So I could be reading along, and then it'll also, instead of staying in the remote mode, it'll go back to the book mode, and the connection is lost. I don't know if you had experience mm. with that. So there's uh, Bluetooth issues once again, Sean. Do, yeah, do you have yeah, any, uh, they any come top up an tips awful for lot, that? Don't they? they do, don't they? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very common thing. Um, all I can say really is what I would advise is make sure they're exclusive. So if you've got other Bluetooth devices either not connected but paired to either device, sort of trim that up, you know, whether that's headphones for your tablet or another device for your orbit, keep them exclusive. Monogamy may be the best thing for Bluetooth. Um, obviously, uh, we see this a lot at school. I work at a school with visually impaired children and you get a lot of overlap. And very occasionally you'll see someone else's orbit controlling someone else's iPad and it's all a bit... Uh, it all ends in tears. Sean, can I add to that Please, as well? This Dave, is yeah. Uh, Dave, yeah. Um, as well as your your kind of Bluetooth uh, monogamy uh, tip, uh, which is a great one, um, I would also look at um, uh, power saving. I've I've seen reports that when the screen dims um, on the Fire tablet, um, that sometimes it can let go of the. Uh, the braille display now i've not been able to verify that myself no, but I, no, I, I, no. I have people have mentioned that to me so if you have power saving settings or if you're able to plug in the tablet or or yeah. extend the time you know at which the screen automatically dims and um, the, sorry, Dave, just one more point to throw in there if you have it set up so when you say her name lady a mm -hmm. um that can trigger um, Bluetooth as well, because depending on what what she thinks she hears, she could be looking for a Bluetooth device or trying to play music or something. So it's just trying to minimise everything apart from the reading, I suppose. That's that's right, yeah. And there's also a setting within the Orbit uh, menu where I think you can set the uh, Bluetooth to be uh, on, auto or off. Um, and there is a difference between auto and on. And if auto is set, then what tends to happen is that if you've got other Bluetooth devices in the mix, then um, it's kind of open to that, you know, jumping between kind of local mode and, and remote mode. 
Whereas if you just set the Bluetooth to on, then the orbit should stay on Bluetooth and, and respect that, you know, even if the Bluetooth device goes away, the orbit should stay in kind of Bluetooth mode. So, so if it loses connection briefly and then that connection is regained, you won't get that kind of jumping back into to local mode. Thank you, Rhonda, and thank you, Sean and Dave, for some great tips there. Uh, we're going to move on to the uh, next segment now because we uh, don't have any questions, but we uh, should have time for a few more at the end, hopefully. So, uh, Sean, over to you with uh, about 20 minutes to go. Thank you, Ben. Uh, wonderful. So, um, I had a great plan for this next section. Um, I wanted to show you how I could borrow a book in a minute, um, um, but I haven't quite managed to do that. Uh, but... The reason we're moving on to libraries first is to get the next recording played out to you. Um, this recording will show you how I use my local library, uh, which is Worcestershire, because I live in, in Worcestershire, uh, to borrow a book um, using their online library service. And when, I, when I've shown you that, you'll hear, you'll understand why, because that takes us on to the other bookshops as well. So there is Kindle, and then there is everything else. And Kindle uses its own format for books. Um, like I said before, AZW files or MOBI files, as they're called. Everybody else uses EPUB, which is a, a standard. Uh, EPUB is short for electronic publication. Uh, and basically, an EPUB file, if you can picture, is a zip file, a collection of files, uh, or web pages, essentially. So an EPUB book is a collection of um, chapters, usually, um, which are a type of HTML file, which is what web pages are written in, um, which allows for very rich media. But I'll explain more about that in a minute. I'm just going to put you out to the VT, as they say on the old X Factor, uh, and play you my borrowing a book. So this is me knowing exactly A, what I want, and B, where to go, borrowing a book from start to finish. I've opened up my web browser. I've typed in borrow into the, or B-O-R actually, and pressed enter into the search box of my web browser. It's logged me into the library automatically because it remembers my login. Um, I don't consider that really a high risk thing. It's not like it's a you know, credit card or anything, so that's fine. Um, the recording is literally less than two minutes long, and it takes us from the homepage of the library right through to searching for and borrowing a book. So we start off on a Windows web browser at my local council's online library through BorrowBox. We then tab to and press the search button. Inputs, audiobooks, search. Search by title, author, narrator, genre, series, ISBN, edit as autocomplete blank, focus mode. Focus mode means we can start typing the name of the book, of course. A, most, clever, go. Search results, Worcestershire County Council. Morrowbox uses graphics to separate out the books. I guess we have the covers, so we can straight away see... A most clever girl graphic. Button add a reading list. Button borrow. Button graphic ebook. A most clever girl. Stephanie Marie Thornton. We'll just click on the book and read the description, see if we like the sound of it. A most clever girl. A most clever girl, a novel of an American spy. Stephanie Marie Thornton. 1963, reading from the death of her mother and President Kennedy's assassination, Catherine Gray shows up on Elizabeth Bentley's doorstep demanding nonsense as a shocking mystery she just uncovered about her family. What she doesn't expect is for Bentley to ensnare her in her own story of becoming a controversial World War II spy and Cold War informer. I do love a bit of World War II spy fiction. Um, so yeah, we can borrow it. It's available. Let's let's go for it. Borrow ebook button. Known confirmation dialogue. Most clever girl. Most clever girl. Stephanie Marie Thornton after confirming his loan. You will have two loans left. Loan period. 21 days. Button cancel. Confirm loan button. Another day. Most clever girl. Novel of an American spy. Another day. Most clever girl. Novel of an American spy. Loan successful. Dialogue download. Net now. Keep browsing and download later from my loan state. Download now button. Now I'm using Firefox, so it's going to give me a little file to open and ask me if I want to open it in my digital editions app, which I do. Um, and I'll explain more about that in a minute. Open a new URL in Python dialog you have chosen to open. New URL in Python, which is Adobe. Open the radio button, focus, check, also one of two. 
Combo Watch Adobe Digital Edition 4.5.11. Default collapsed. Do this awesome. Okay button. That was my download noise. Pop my web browser so I know when the download's finished. And now what we're going to hear is. For Finnegan's Clever Girl window. For Finnegan's Clever Girl. Place for the novels of Stephanie Marie Thornton and they call the candidate is the book of the year. Place for the novels of Stephanie Marie Thornton. And there we go. That is how quickly you can borrow a book um, from the local library. That, that's, that just blows my mind. It's incredible. It really is because even as, as a child, if I wanted books on. on tape, I'm sure my age now, and on CD later on, I had to wait for them, you know, they had to be ordered in, sometimes from a different library, you know, very occasionally, I would go to a different library, and I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm here for this one, you know, it's checked out to me under a different place, but I'll pick it up now, thanks. Uh, so, that was amazing. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sure you all agree that's fairly speedy. Um, you might have uh, noticed that my screen reader didn't say things like link or heading uh, or level one or anything like that. I've turned all that off uh, for my home browsing um, because I find it quite superfluous uh, in most cases. But that was very smooth um, uh, and it was really nice. Which takes us on very nicely to Adobe Digital Editions. Uh, Adobe Digital Editions is made by the same people who make Adobe Reader, the well-known and oft-maligned uh, app for reading PDF files. Uh, not many people like PDF files, um, but they have done a fairly good job with Adobe Digital Editions, or AID, as we as we tend to call it. Um, AID will open EPUB books, uh, and most places that aren't Amazon <laughs> use EPUB. So if you borrow books from your local library um, using BorrowBox or Overdrive, they will use this aid, or can use this aid to read. If you buy books from other uh, other vendors, ebooks.com, Smashwords, uh, what used to be called FictionWise, we're now, now part of Barnes & Noble, unfortunately, they got bought out. Um, they all use uh, EPUB as well, and EPUB openable with digital editions. Uh, the only slight caveat is that there are two forms of EPUB, uh, um, the DRM encrypted and protected type, which is what you get on libraries, uh, and then websites like Smashwords, which have uh, free and unencrypted and unprotected books. Um, we'll just do a brief 30 second DRM uh, recap. Uh, DRM is technology which allows publishers to uh, say tell uh, booksellers that the book should only be readable on, on their software. So 90%, 99% maybe even the Kindle books have DRM. You're not allowed to take the file and read it somewhere else. It's not like a BRF file where you can take the SD card out of your orbit, say, plonk it into a, I don't know, a Brilliant or something, or a Focus, and read it on the different device. With DRM, you're linked to the device you're using. You have an email address and perhaps a password or an account number of some sort, and it's tied to that device. And this is what Adobe Digital Editions lets you do. Uh, it lets you log into your library account or your other bookshops that aren't Amazon, and it lets you read books from them. Now, unfortunately, um, Digital Editions isn't very accessible on a pla any platform other than Windows. So if you have um, an iPhone uh, or, or an Android tablet or a Mac, I think you're slightly out of luck with this at the moment. Windows is the only game in town for what I consider to be the best access to this content. Uh, unfortunately there, that is quite sad. Um, however, uh, there are lots of apps such as Dolphin Easy Reader for iOS and Android, which will read the unprotected books. And there are tools uh, for removing DRM um, and whether or not uh, it's it's um, 
against the terms of service of the publisher to remove the DRM, uh, I, I think there is a case to be made under fair use and copyright provision for the visually impaired that if the software isn't accessible on your platform, you should be allowed to make changes to that file for your own personal use. So I don't have exact specifics um, at the moment on, on you know step-by-step instructions. Obviously, it's a practice that's frowned upon because publishers don't want you stripping away the DRM. But there are tools out there, and I don't know of anybody who's gotten into hot water for doing it as, as a blind person wanting equal access to uh, to content. Luckily, we have a really good supply of material from RNIB and, and you know, their kin. So much of the content the publishers put out to the big stores also gets picked up by people like RNIB. And that's where I think we have to be very grateful for them uh, in this instance. They do a really good job of advocacy on our, our behalf. Um, but yes, I wanted to show you the borrow box uh, thing because aid next to Kimball gives you access to the, the huge number of other shops and stores. Um, and of these, I think Smashwords uh, is really big, as is ebooks.com. Those are the second two biggest I use most often. Um, oh, and Google Play Books, of course, um, is also uh, an aid-compatible bookseller. So you can buy a book on, uh, on, on Google Books and export it from their web view into aid, if you prefer to read using aid and read it on there. Uh, as well, which is really good because Aid is, is nice. Um, interestingly, the Aid and Kimball apps on Windows look and behave in a very similar fashion. Uh, the bulk of the screen is taken up by a page of text from the book. Um, there is a navigation tree uh, or list, depending on how the book's been laid out. Some table of contents have parts and subdivide those into chapters and so forth. Um, uh, there are features to set bookmarks and to annotate and highlight with different colors and make notes. Um, and they both work very well uh, in terms of, of Braille display support. The downside to using encrypted Adobe books is that they are tied to the machine you're on. Um, so if, you, uh, if you're thinking about looking at using this and you haven't done so, be careful when you set things up. Um, there is an option in, in aid to set up without an account uh, and just to authorize to your machine. Uh, and if you do that, that's fine. Um, maybe if you're only using a library, uh, because the library books have to be returned. But if you've bought 30 or 40 books and they're tied to your individual machine, not an account, uh, next time that machine has to be changed, you may lose access to those books. So that's a note of caution there. Uh, AID is a completely free program and it's used to open any EPUB, not just the, the commercial EPUBs as well. Um, the Open University are brilliant at providing textbooks in the EPUB format. Uh, and of course, all the content of those is accessible to, to you as well. Uh, you can download EPUB, not just from, from mainstream providers, but from RNIB um, Bookshare, um, I think, uh, as well. And EPUB is a lovely format. Um, it's I like it because it's got a lot of metadata. There is a, a file inside each EPUB with information about the book and the author. Um, they have covers. Um, so when I talked earlier on about not being able to put books on the bookshelf, um, if I were to have a virtual bookshelf, I could show off all my, my shiny EPUBs, uh, which are accessible, as I say, from vendors that aren't Amazon. Uh, people do have a bit of an Amazon beef, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, people, and maybe rightly so, have, have issues with Amazon's tax practices and worker conditions. And so as a uh, as a sort of competitor to Amazon, uh, aid is pretty good uh, if you have access to Windows. And I would also like to point out that uh, aid works 
very nicely on the Elbrail, which runs Windows as well. Um, and even if if you only have a cheap Windows machine, um, I've I've have a friend who runs Mac for everything, but has bought himself a literally a less than hundred pounds Windows tablet with very very limited memory and RAM you know, resources. And literally reads it as a as an e-reader, um, whereas most sighted people might buy a cheap Android e-reader to get you know keep the price down. He realised the benefits of aid and bought a cheap tablet for reading with NVDA and his Braille display on Windows. So uh, when I say it's a game of two halves, it really is. Amazon make up the bulk of the market, the lion's share, uh, and almost every other supplier uses uh, aid. With the minor exception of Kobo, K-O-B-O, um, they, they have their own platform, which isn't any way accessible, uh, and you can't export from Kobo into EPUB, uh, as far as I know. That was certainly true uh, this time three months ago when I researched, so try and avoid Kobo, uh, if at all possible. Um, other websites I have mentioned, uh, we've talked about Kindle, obviously. Uh, ebooks.com, I mentioned, they're very good. Smashwords uh, are another provider, uh, and go Google Play Books. BookBub, B-O-O-K-B-U-B, that's Bravo, Uniform Bravo, is not an ebook seller, but they do provide wonderful emails of curated deals. So if you're looking to start with ebooks, but you, you don't know where to go, maybe, um, maybe that's the place to, to think about. And of course, uh, while I before I stop for questions for the last five minutes, I need to mention Apple Books. We haven't talked about them yet. Um, I tried to, to do a recording of Apple Books, and I wondered how Apple would behave with the same issue as, as Kindle. What happens to the uh, the Apple Books app if you try moving your Braille display backward from the top of a page? I opened up my Apple Books. I, I got a book, and I opened it. I went forward a bit. I then tried to go back, and the app crashed. <laughs> and this happened repeatedly. Um, and given that Apple Books is only accessible on I, uh, iOS devices, I don't think it's even on Mac, or it certainly wasn't when I last looked, I've discounted Apple Books from my uh, from my shortlist as well. So uh, that I think is my coverage pretty much complete. So we've got five minutes, I think, uh, Ben. Yep, around about five minutes for questions. Thank you once again, Sean. I'm going to come to Claire Morgan uh, now, and after Claire, we're going to come to Gary. Uh, Claire, you are good to go. Um, when when you're playing the recording of you um, accessing the library. I couldn't understand a word was it, of what the screen reader was saying. Was it a screen reader? It was just total rubbish to me. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. I am sorry. It was my screen reader. I did slow it down um, by about 40 words per minute, but I, I, I apologise. I didn't uh, realise that my, my fast speed is still very, very fast. I was using NVDA, um, but I was just using a normal web browser. Um, I've tested BorrowBox works really well on on Chrome, on Firefox, on Edge, Safari, and it even works on Guide Connect. What's BorrowBox? BorrowBox is the website which my local council uses as a way of distributing mm -hmm. library books. No, oh, I see. I use Libby. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Libby is similar. Um, you can you can download ebooks into Edge with Libby as well. Um, and if I can just come to a brief point in the in the in the chat, um, Yvonne mentioned that she uses Laxborough Box, but they haven't got much range. The, the range of books they have is completely down to the local authority, local council, as to what books they buy in, into their library. So it's different for everybody. Um, Worcestershire seem quite good on the on the thrillers and the and the um, and, and the, the non-fiction at the moment. So. I use the uh, library, Kent Library, for audio books, and I find it's very good, although they don't have all the books you might want, but 
They do have quite a good selection. They're very lucky. Um, RNIB are growing all the time with their reading services, and to have a local library as well, um, we get we get twice the choice really in some ways. Hope we cleared that up for you, Claire. We're going to come to Gary next, and Gary, you are good to go. Thanks, Ben, and um, thanks, Sean, for for a very informative talk. I had a couple of quick questions. I wondered if you'd found an effective way, either in Kindle or in um, Apple Books, uh, you mentioned flashcards, of sort of using the tools they have for making notes, uh, copying quotes, things like that, and if there's an effective way of getting that material out out of the apps into you know, into a format you can just read afterwards. You know, can you take notes from a book or write in the margins like a sighted person was and get get hold of those notes? Um, the other question I had is, when I looked at, I don't use Kindle very much, I use Apple Books quite a lot, but when I looked at Kindle before, quite a lot of books didn't seem to have proper navigation. In other words, you could see a table of contents at the start, but you couldn't move around the book in the in the easy way you can with Apple Books and it's it's sort of contents which, you know, you could go to each chapter and, and move around a book like that. And then my final observation, which is you mentioned the double tap on Kindle. Have you tried a, a, a dots three six chord on a Braille display? Because sometimes that emulates a, a, a double tap. Uh, thank you, Gary. Um, I hadn't tried the three six. I will add that to my list of, of experiments. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, in terms of navigation on Kindle, I'll take them in reverse order. Um, as I pointed out to Jeff, what a lot of people get displayed is is the contents page of a book that's part of the book um, that actually appears in the text. So if you were to print it out, that would come in the print copy. Um, whereas a lot of them now do have uh, the the contents as part of the navigation when you bring up the menu. So rather than reading the, the navigation within the book, you would go to the book's menu and it would be in there. Um, I looked at 17 different books that I bought over, from Kindle in the past sort of six months or so, and they all had table of contents that was accessible. Uh, oh, sorry, table of contents that were accessible, I should say, um, to me on the app. Note-taking is a brilliant point. Um, it's much better on uh, desktop. You can select and copy passages on iOS quite easily. There are slider controls for taking notes. So you can, if you double tap and hold a word uh, on the screen, you'll then see a series of sliders um, which you can slide up and down to extend or contract your selection, and then you have the ability to copy that out as a quote. Um, and that comes out with a, a citation at the bottom of it. So when you paste it into something else, it will say, you know, copied from so-and-so by so-and-so on Kindle. Um, as for taking efficient notes on the iPhone, not generally speaking with Kindle, uh, I'm afraid. Um, and again, I, f- I find it works quite well with, with aid on Windows. And the other useful thing about aid as well is if you are working as I do with with a, uh, a t- in a teaching environment, I can make notes in a chapter of a book that my students are reading, and I can share my notes file with them. They, if they have it in their aid, they can see my notes as well. So the notes are saved in a separate file, which you can import into aid. So if you want a book to be studied, um, then that's one of the good ways of doing it. But that, I, I'm sorry, that doesn't answer your question about the iPhone or, or iOS uh, architecture, unfortunately. I'm, I've not found a really good way of doing that. Hope that helped though, Gary. Definitely check out that uh, copy quote tip. And uh, Sean, I guess we, we might uh, mention that somewhere in, in the handout as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I've got lots in the handout, don't you worry. Great, oh, perfect, perfect. Right, well, thank you, Gary. Thank you, everyone else. And thank you, Sean. Uh, great session. And I think that all uh, remains for me to do now is to hand over to Dave to wrap things up. 
Sean, thanks so much for your time. Uh, thanks, Ben, for all your help uh, with the moderation this evening. On behalf of myself, Dave Williams, and the rest of the Brailist team, all the best, and we'll speak very soon. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brailcast Extra. You can find more Braille-related content by subscribing to Brailcast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice, or listening to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailleists everywhere on your smart speaker. For the latest information about future Brailleist events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at braillists.org slash newsletter slash sign up. You can also visit our events page at braillists.org slash events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at braylists.org. You can also find the Braylists on Twitter at Braylists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.